0: Welcome to the Checkmates Go! podcast. Join your favorite Checkpoint expert, Phone Boy, and his guests as they cover a range of cybersecurity topics to help you secure your everything. Be sure to subscribe and share, and don't forget to rate and review us. And now, here's Phone Boy. And welcome to Season 3, Episode 16. Grant Asplund is one of our evangelists here at Checkpoint, and Whenever I talk with him, he's always got a lot of great stories. And if you've listened to his podcast, he does the Talking Cloud podcast, and he started hosting the CISO Secret podcast for season two. Uh, you'll hear bits and pieces of his past history. I decided I would interview him about that history for the Checkmates Go audience. He likes to compare himself uh, to Gilligan. And if you've uh, if you're not familiar with that reference, it's a it's a 1960s television show called Gilligan's Island. That's uh, one of the things you can look up. I uh, I I... Challenged him on the fact that I thought he was he was nowhere near Gilligan, and if you listen to the to the you know his, to some of what he talks about here, it's you know he got into technology very early, and um, and I would say that he has a lot of great stories, and we we spend uh, the first twenty minutes sort of going through his opening up an Apple dealer um, back in uh, back in the early eighties and some of the the trials and tribulations, and we, then we start getting into networking a little bit, and then um, you know there's going to be uh, more episodes where we go into some. Some of the uh, the later stuff where he uh, uh, founds this company MetaInfo that uh, gets acquired by Checkpoint and, and and so on and then he comes back with uh, with Dome Nine which also got acquired by Checkpoint so lots of interesting things there that will be coming in the next few weeks anyway here's how I start off the conversation with Grant and I almost want to play up the play up the you're not quite a Gilligan like you say you are. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I I would argue I am, but it's just that I was around in a time where you had to kind of understand it, right? I mean, I think of things like an IP address and some of that stuff and kind of, you know, what we don't really talk about at all anymore. DNS we talk about a bit, but, you know, the whole address, address space, it's such a nominal discussion um uh, compared to what it used to be. Yeah, I, exactly. Well,
0: that's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's still a very nerdy discussion. You get into it, but, uh, um,
1: but I think there's, it's, I remember <clears throat> this I thought was remarkable, man. I remember that uh, this, you know, albeit a, a number of years ago, but Adobe was still quite a sizable organization. And I remember Adobe had a single person. One person that was a, quote-unquote, DNS expert. One person. One person. You know, and, 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 you know, I think right now more than ever, I, I don't know how many people really, truly appreciate the criticality of DNS and, and DHCP, right? That whole exchange that happens before you get the icons
0: <laughs> you yeah, know exactly and I, and, and yeah and actually there so I, okay, so between my times of working for a checkpoint reseller before I worked for Nokia, I actually worked for Netscape, and we and, and I was supporting their their enterprise server software. Yeah, none of the people knew networking. I at least I at least had some clue about networking, and that it's amazing how much that helps. This was in you know, this was like 1997, so yeah. Uh, so just just that basic networking knowledge, it, it's kind of amazing. It, you know, and I was also I've, I've, I've talked with other, um, you know, even just even when you start talking about supporting other you know, products that are basically server products or, you know, or storage products. And in this whole networking layer, it's like you don't understand that. And if you don't understand that, yeah, then troubleshooting the application doesn't really make any sense because because yeah, the packets have to get from point A to point B. And that was actually one of the first things I learned as a, as a you know, as a, as a you know, supporting the checkpoint firewall back in the day is that, yeah, is that yeah? You had that. I had to learn networking. I didn't know anything about networking, but you figured it out, and and you go, okay. Well, if the you can't blame the firewall if the packet never gets to the firewall. Can you ping?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean you're you're kind of basically finding out at, at that very basic: is there a successful route in place? If the answer comes back yes, then. Then we've got other issues. Yeah,
0: exactly. And this, it's, but it's more than that. It's, but it's under, you know, as I remember when I used to teach Nat back in the day, right. When I was doing the teaching, the checkpoint training classes back in version three or whatever, um, (laughs) they um, yeah, you have to tr- teach address translation. It it comes down to, you know, follow the bouncing packet, right? You go, okay, with yeah. well, the, tra- the pa- in order for the, in order for this to work, you have to d- here's what the packet does and here's how you have to change the configuration to make it work, right? Yeah. And this is yeah. why because because of things like ARP and yeah, and it's it's just all these little details that yeah, most people don't need to know about because it just kind of works now, but back in, you know, back in the 90s or before that, it didn't just work and therefore you had to have some level of technical knowledge to get to That's right. I know you. You talk about your first, um, your first computing experience, going back to the, uh, you know, selling uh, computers to what is it, Alaska Airlines or something like that, back in the eighties yeah. or whatever, right? I mean, yeah. what got you into selling computers, and then kind of walk me through the, <laughs> oh. th- what happened after that?
1: Listen, uh, phone boy, it's it's one you know you could you wouldn't be able to make it up, right? It's it's one of those you just you you couldn't make it up, so. You Know, I moved out of my mom's house when I was 16 years old. That's a whole nother chapter we'll yeah, exactly. not go into, but suffice to say, I managed to get myself through high school and a little bit of college. But when I was 18 years old, I successfully taking a bus three times from Tacoma, Washington to Bellevue, interviewed, and uh, I just turned 19. I take it back. Um, and, and I interviewed successfully to get hired by a food broker, LB Yant Company. Now, you have to understand, this was a game changer. They made the decision on Friday. Here I am, this 19-year-old guy. My first day, I get to work, and I'm like just on fire. Uh, this is my third interview. I'm not really coming to work. And, and they go, okay, we're hiring you. They give me keys to a car. They give me a credit card and tell me to go home. You know, and it's like, wow. Well, this was also just three months or so before the gas crunch hit, right? And there were these long lines and long story longer, uh, I got laid off. And I happened to meet a guy in a grocery store and get this, his name was Grant Lund. (laughs) Nice. I I mean, you can't make that up. it, It was crazy. Well, he had heard that I got laid off. Because of the gas crunch, he, con- he reached out to me, contacted me, and he said, "Hey, you should go talk to this guy and go to work for him." This guy being John Euliss and uh, working for uh, Art Eulis Inc. Now Damien, this is a wholesale distributor of fishing tackle. And knives and rain gear and axe handles and mauls and wedges, and does less than a million annually. Right. Okay. And their gross margins overall were maybe 20 to 25%. And there's seven people working there, three company cars. It is Robin Peter to pay Paul just eking by. It's 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 amazing. In 1982 he went to the only computer dealer in town start computing bought an Apple 2 plus to manage our 35,000 SKUs okay dang Well think about it right you've got 38 RP hooks which are gold uh, salmon egg hooks that go from 14, 12, 10, eight. Six, four, two, one out, two, out, two-aught, out, And that's for, you know, that's why you have so many Well, yeah, exactly. It's, of oh, course, all the different shape,
0: sizes, and colors. And yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. Exactly. So it was only a few months after we had uh, the Apple II Plus that he came in and he said, you know, we should be selling these, not yeah. fishing tackle. And... 1 year later June of 1983 and, and in we opened up an Apple dealership and I'll tell you the funny story about that so it was one of those his wife Uh, Her cousin's brother, you know, one of those dot-to-dots, knew someone at Apple and uh, successfully got us an an application for a dealership. And we went through it painstakingly, car counting and all this. And if you know, and I know you do, the Pacific Northwest, South Hill Puyallup was just starting to go crazy. This is 1982-3, right? It's just taken off. So we're, that's where we want to be. That's where we want to be. We put that in for our request. And, of course, we're checking the mailbox every day, and we finally get the reply, and it's, we are so sorry. And, and regretfully, we need to inform you that your application has been denied. And then they went on to clarify that, in fact, the application wasn't denied, but the location request was start computing the only dealer in town had already submitted a request and uh received an uh, uh, the the approval for that location because Apple was pretty tight on where their dealers went,
0: yeah and, th- and I think that still is too i mean if you're a third party apple dealer it's yeah
1: but but the great thing is, and this is where in hindsight you go, man, we were so lucky we didn't look at it that way, we were kind of butt hurt you know we didn't want us to, you know. They said, we've done our own research, and based on it, we think this might be a good location geographically. And that was really the only question. They were going to give us a, a dealership. Well, they were spot on because it was near an Army Navy base, near a country club. I mean, it was just in this area that was perfectly suited, and we went on to be one of the top. Uh, ten apple dealers in the country, and uh yeah, it was pretty amazing the, about what June macintosh was introduced in the following January you know yeah. on the Super Bowl yeah so exactly it, it was uh it was a crazy time, and that thing had a hundred and twenty eight k of ram can you believe it Phone uh, re- yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah. So in 1984, I was 11. So um, yeah. <laughs> but I but of course, I would played with Apple twos by that point. But uh, and I remember playing with the Macintoshes and the yeah and the you know, the and it's just it, it's kind of funny. I walk walk my kids through the, you know, the progression of things, because I remember like the Apple two had floppy disk you know, five and a quarter inch floppies that had one hundred and forty three kilobytes of yep. data on one side. Right, but if you flipped, if you were if you flipped smart, it over, you could
1: you, you could notch it and turn it over. That's right, and you'd be able to use. You just had to put a mailing label on it and label it exactly. Which
0: <laughs> you know, and then yeah, then some. Then you also have to notch it if you want to write protect it. Yeah, you know, all of that. Yeah, oh and, yeah, yeah. Then you go to the you know the three and a half inch floppies, which weren't really floppy; they were you know more hard. Um, they might. Well,
1: they were. They were encased. Yeah. yeah. They, they they were they, they were oh yeah it, I mean you still had the magnetic in media in there but yeah it, it was still like a big piece of tape um yeah. but it was covered up which yeah. was very cool yeah
0: so 400 800 1.44 megabyte yep. you know, yep. or one yep. maybe even 1.6 or so, yeah well, megabytes right and so you know and then you know now you
1: is what I think I it, it peaked out
0: that's what yeah that might yeah maybe the, the there was an apple specific format I think it was slightly bigger. I can't remember it was it's yeah, maybe so, yeah it's I can't it was so long ago you know And then you know, then your hard drives were in the megabytes, right? You know, it's you know, my first hard drive on an Apple II was in 1987. You know, like probably in 87, I started running a bulletin board. It had five megabytes of of space on it, which was nothing. You know, you know, now I've got you know, I've got 256 gigs on my phone. You know, that
1: Apple made the uh, the Apple Profile, which was yeah, that's exactly yeah. Yeah, I it was uh I think they had a 5 meg and a 10 meg model um and uh I usually what we do because we had uh, one of those under here's a throwback Apple 3. Yeah, I uh, I have one. I, my my stepfather had one of those. That's, you know, some the people that had them thought it was the greatest machine ever. I'll tell you an interesting blunder that took place with the apple 3 not a lot of people know this uh, but this is true so they had a manufacturing glitch right and what happened is as they were seeding the chips into the motherboard something wasn't calibrated and essentially the chips were half seeded right so they were all in but not
0: In yeah, and 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 by the way, I remember that because so my it's because I remember like the like the old Apple Twos and yeah maybe in the Apple Threes yeah the 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 chips on the motherboard were socketed and so yeah Yeah. yeah, and in fact that was actually something we did on a regular basis with when because he'd fix apple computers both for both independently and for and for an apple dealer and so yeah we i it's one of the things i would do sometimes is reseat all the integrated circuits right so you yeah because because after a while they get warm and pop up and so you got to kind of you got to push them down every now and again and then yeah
1: well this was worse this was worse because what happened was they shipped them all out you know i mean we're talking hundred thousand or or more. uh And they were all partially seated. And this was, and I'm not kidding, I wish I had the letter, because this is what they told their dealers to do. They said, do not open the package, hold it up about chest high, as level as you can, and drop it onto a hard level surface. (laughs) I'm not joking. Now, why? Because one of two things were going to happen. Either it would fully seat the chips and you'd be successful, or it wouldn't. But sure enough, if you did not go through that exercise, it would fry, you know, for sure. So it was your only hope of maybe having it work. That was a big big blunder.
0: I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even know about that one. I mean, I, yeah. it, but, you know, I mean, but yeah, you could go in and, you know, again, you push down on the chips. It wasn't a big deal. And I think that's, you know, and I think that's where maybe you and I, you know, just in terms of, in terms of our technology knowledge, right. We understand that a lot of today, right. I mean, there's some magical stuff going on today, right. I mean, let, let's, you know, let's not discount the, uh, you know, the, how far it's come since the eighties when, you know, and when all of this stuff when yeah, you were having to drop your computers to reseat your integrated circuits. That's just, <laughs> oh that, that's, but, but it's also not that complicated in a lot of ways because it's, it's building on the, you know, these very simple things, right. You know, there's still ultimately in your iPhone, there's still integrated circuits in there. Now you can, you, yeah. now you, now there's a lot smaller and a lot faster and do a lot more and, you know, but, but ultimately, it's still, you know, there, there's still electrical connections in there. And it's still, you know, it's still software. It's still doing all those things. And I think it's a, and, you know, we have that perspective because we've been in the industry long enough and we've seen it go from, you know, oh, it was you know, it, you know, it's the, 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 you know, the fishing place that decided they needed to sell computers. It's like, yeah. you know, to now it's just everywhere. And we, would, you know, th- you
1: don't even think about it. Yeah, that's right. I'll, I'll tell you some interesting things. Uh, tidbits, at least I I think they're interesting, um, about how things have evolved. Uh, First of all, you know, I remember there was a company, I I used to call on uh, Arco and BP up in Alaska, and and I, I remember distinctly Arco deciding on tcp/ip as the protocol they were going to standardize yep. there was arguments about token ring and everything and the IBM bigots of course were following that way that and then, was well then you, had,
0: then you had Apple talk and then you had also yeah I mean IPX, also, SPX
1: yeah I mean that's uh, oh, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, think was, I don't think
0: you guys realize just how complicated all this stuff used to be it, 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 and it still I mean, there was, it's
1: still is, just it's just the, it, there's less you know you know there's yeah but those it, it's interesting right when we all were networked but we were networked with a different protocol, so the security issues certainly were completely different than now. I always say it's like being in your own lake or pond versus in the ocean with every predator and prey on the planet it, quite uh, impactful. And I think also, you know when we started out on this whole thing called the internet, i don't I don't get the sense that we ever really expected every enterprise on the planet to be using it for their critical backbone. And (laughs) and now as, as cloud has evolved, I mean, come on, that everyone on the planet is going to be leveraging it to get to their data center because that's what's happening now.
0: Exactly. It's yeah. I think when we, when we set all this stuff up, it was, you know, yeah, it was, I think.
1: Oh, it's a cool uh, new uh, bulletin board that's different. Right. And I mean, it was, I mean, I just don't know, even myself at the time didn't really look and appreciate
0: um, I don't think any of us knew. Right. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, I ran bulletin boards back in the 80s and it's, you know, and and, and used them. And, and yeah, you were talking to people within your local area. You was only one of you at a time <laughs> unless you had a multi line system. And some of the ones that I some of the first ones I went on were actually multiple lines. Yeah. Right. A- unless you were using like a CompuServer Genie. And by the way, I ran up big bills on that as a teenager. So, oh, man. Yeah uh 6 dollars an hour is what i remember it's like a, it's kind of amazing what you end up uh,
1: you could argue it's robbery especially knowing now what you know if we only knew then what we know now about it i mean that's why i just struggle with I mean, it's just a packet. I, I took two steps. I'm in Canada, and you're telling me that this packet has magically went up in uh, price to get it to me? You know, it's obviously all the back-end tariffs and all. Well, uh, exactly. The it's, all, it's, all the, it's
0: all the regulation and everything, too, yeah. right? It's all this. Yeah, exactly. It's not
1: the technology. It, it, it's it's that they've got to get a penny. Yeah. They got to get a penny for the packet. Yeah, you know?
0: it's it's amazing that all the stu- that you know if, if you look at the like at the technology of the phone system. I mean, it's it's kind of amazing it all worked before you know before now, right? I mean, because it was just you know it, it it was like almost like I mean I think the some of the original phone lines were weren't they weren't they like based on like uh, barbed wire running across some of the. <laughs>
1: No, I've heard, I've heard, I've, I've, uh, you know, you can't- I, there's probably in some areas I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I, I really, you know, uh, but the, I'll tell you that phone system uh, with all its faults because of the ability for it to operate and function without power. Yeah. Right. Uh, was very significant. And then you'll remember in the eighties, Farallon, remember yeah. that the, the, there was a company called Farallon and they were a networking company that uh, made a little dongle, and you just had that same RJ45 jack like you do on the back of your uh, phone, and click, you you uh, plug it in, or is that, that's a RJ, is that a RJ, 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 no, RJ 11, RJ 11. That's yeah. the one. That's yeah. one. Sorry. RJ so is is, 45 the, is, for is the ethernet. Yeah. That's right. RJ 11. So you plug in the RJ 11 and you had these little uh, transistors that, but you could literally use Apple's local talk uh, using the Apple talk protocol over your uh, phone lines in your house. Oh Yeah.
0: That's I, I, what, I, I, I mean, so I, yeah, I, I, yeah. When you described it, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that company. It's, it's, you know, I mean, granted, I was not paying that cl- as close attention. Yeah, you've
1: already reminded me when you would said when I was opening it up uh, the Apple dealership. You were 11, which is <laughs> like we could have shortened that up. To, You're really old, man. Oh, I, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna say that. Um, yeah, well that's okay. It's not how I feel and so as long as I got no mirrors up I'm all in good shape. <laughs> no,
0: yeah, you're, you're only you're only as young, only as, young as you uh, you know, you're only as young as you f- uh, feel, right. I guess. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Checkmates Go. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app, leave us a rating and review and share with your colleagues on social media
1: and we'll see you next time.